Hey, I'm Karen. And together with my husband, I spent 13 years learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business. And now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering and that everyone, whether you've got a five acre plot in the country, a half acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello and welcome to the very first Garden Talk Tuesday episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I think we'll start the first few weeks just talking about the basics of gardening. You know, the spring garden is a time-honored tradition in a lot of households. For some, it's about the taste of something picked straight from the garden and eaten while it's so fresh. For others, it's about cutting down on the grocery bill. Uh, Oftentimes, it's about spending time with the kids out in the garden, or maybe it's just your quiet time. Whatever the reason, I absolutely think that everyone should grow at least a little bit of their own food. But maybe it's been a while since you've gardened, or maybe you've never gardened at all. No worries. I'm going to do this first few weeks just talking about the basics, and it's good for both beginners and experienced gardeners alike. Some of this might be a little bit of a refresher for you. And when I'm talking about a garden, I'm not just talking about a big garden in your backyard. If you've only got space on your back patio or on your balcony or in your kitchen window, that's fine. This is for you too. Just keep in mind that some of these things would have to be scaled down a little bit, and I will absolutely do episodes um, specific to container gardening or to raised beds or whatever. We will totally get into that. But for now, you know, there, there are so many different ways that you can create your own garden. It can be overwhelming trying to decide where to start. So we'll spend a few episodes just walking through the basic steps of planning and designing and a little bit about maintaining the garden. And you can incorporate as few or as many of these ideas into your growing situation as you like. The important thing is just to enjoy the process. So let's start by talking about what to grow. Starting a a garden can be very exciting. Those seed catalogs are really tempting. Everything looks tasty and interesting. There are so many bright colors. It can get you really excited for your garden, but it can also lead very quickly to overplanting. With so many varieties available, it's easy to get caught up in ordering all the most beautiful seeds you can get your hands on. I mean, been there, done that. But if you plant too much, Your enthusiasm can very quickly fade once the realization of maintaining that garden hits home. So first determine what it is that you want to grow. And really, that's going to be based on what you and your family eat the most. You know, if you're like a lot of folks in the Midwest, it's all about summer tomatoes. And I didn't understand that in the beginning. I spent my teenage years and very early adulthood in Northern California. That is an area that can grow tomatoes for a very long time in the season. And then coming to the Midwest, everybody was just going crazy in the summertime for these tomatoes. And I thought, well, what's the big deal? Well, we have a shorter growing season here, and there is such a stark contrast between eating a tomato fresh off the vine 
and buying one in the grocery store that maybe has been shipped in from 1500 miles away and was picked solidly green. So I totally get it now. Um, for some people, hey, they're not big tomato eaters. They may prefer green beans. Your family may want plenty of bell peppers or you like jalapenos and you know want to stuff them for poppers. Just look at whatever you regularly use in your meals and what your family favorites are and plan your garden accordingly. I would recommend if you're brand new to gardening that you choose the easier veggies for your first time. I mean, don't pick something like celery, which is very demanding and requires a lot of attention. So there are, I would say, a good 10 crops that we would pick as our easiest ones for a beginner to grow. So I will list those, and they're in no particular order, but these are things that are fairly easy to grow pretty much anywhere. It doesn't matter. Most of the time, even if it, it can be done in just in a container. So radishes, leafy greens like lettuces or kale or arugula, spinach, that's one too, cherry tomatoes, green onions, green beans, or purple or yellow, whatever color you prefer, cucumbers, summer squashes, uh, mainly zucchini and yellow squash, herbs, most herbs anyway, uh, potatoes, and peppers. So let's briefly talk about each one of those, right? Radishes can be literally grown just about anywhere in almost any type of soil, so long as it's fairly loose and there's not huge amounts of rocks that they're going to bump into. And there's even some varieties that will handle those rocks with no problem. Uh, just again, make sure your soil is fairly loose so they can grow to their proper shape and size and you can tuck them in anywhere in the garden, honestly, in between lettuce, in between carrots, no matter where, where you can tuck in some radishes. For the leafy greens, again, lettuces, kale, arugula, mustard greens, spinach. The main thing to worry about with leafy greens is the heat factor or the sun factor. If you live in a place like we do where the heat can really beat down in the middle of the summer, you're not going to be able to grow leafy greens during that time of the year. But you can grow them in the early part of the season and in the later part of the season, or depending on your zone, whatever your cool shoulder seasons are. And that means you can do it twice a year. You can plant them successively every couple of weeks too during both of those seasons to get even more and you can plant multiple varieties and basically have an instant salad mix. You can also do them in containers. You can do them in pots. You can, you can grow them in your windowsill. Leafy greens will grow just about anywhere so long as they've got about four to six hours of sunlight every day and they get the right amount of moisture. We recommend cherry tomatoes. Uh, as an easier kind of start to growing tomatoes, large slicing tomatoes, specifically indeterminates, those that are on a vine, take a little bit more attention. They need a little bit more in the way of pruning. Um, but cherry tomatoes are pretty forgiving and they can also be grown in pots and still be very prolific. Um, and they kind of, you know, they, they keep coming on really fast and you can go out there and you can just pick them and munch on them. And there's kind of this really satisfying little snack that you can have while you're out there in your garden or on your patio. So we always recommend cherry tomatoes. That's a good starter plant. Uh, green onions. So we always recommend the easiest way to do green onions is to buy those little bags of uh, what they call onion sets that are in, you see in your garden center. They look like little, little tiny onions. 
a lot of people will try to use those to grow large full-sized onions and it it's it's difficult to be super successful with that but they make great green onions you just place them root side down in the dirt and cover them lightly and you can put them right next to each other or about a half an inch to an inch apart when, in no time, you will see green shoots popping up all over the place. And you can harvest them almost continuously. Just cut off a few and make sure that you leave one or two shoots on each bulb and then harvest the rest by simply cutting them off at the ground level. And so you can have green onions constantly. And if your soil is loose enough, you will get to harvest larger onions at the end of the season that you can use. So it's kind of a two for one. They're not going to be huge onions because you're kind of taking those leaves off and you're not giving them the energy that they would need to get really big, but they will still be edible onions at the end of the season. So win-win all over the place right there. Green beans are another good starter. Whether you can choose bush beans or pole beans, uh, either way, they can produce quite a bit per plant without a lot of fuss. Pick them every couple of days for a steady supply of young snap beans, or you can leave them on the plant to get big and to dry out, and then you shell those and use those as baking beans later on. We do a combination of both, and usually we'll harvest for about two weeks off of those plants, and then we will let the rest of them go ahead and dry on the plant, and they will end up being dried beans later on. You can also, at that point, use them to plant next season's crop, but we'll do a whole episode on seed saving. Cucumbers are another pretty easy one. Now, again, we're not talking about different diseases or bugs or anything else in this in this episode, but uh, cucumbers are one that can be prone to powdery mildew, downy mildew, uh, cucumber beetles, and that sort of thing. But strictly from a growing standpoint, cucumbers are pretty stupid easy. Uh, if you give them a place to roam or give them a trellis to climb on, you will soon have cucumbers coming out your ears. Uh, preserve the extras, <laughs> make pickles, or hand them out to family and friends. <laughs> they will give and give so long as you have a decent soil. Summer squashes are the same way. Zucchini and yellow squash will often produce more than you can handle on just a few plants. The problem there, again, is beginning gardeners and experts alike can have problems with squash bugs. And they're not prevalent in every area of the country, but they are one of the biggest problems that people have with growing zucchini, specifically here in the Midwest. If you can manage those, then you'll have plenty of squash for fresh use, baking, freezing, and giving away. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure there's a, a national give your neighbor zucchini day or sneak sneak zucchini on your neighbor's porch day or something like that. It's hysterical. And it's absolutely true because if you grow zucchini, you will have <laughs> way more than you can, you can do anything with. Uh, number eight on the list there was herbs. Most herbs are easy to grow and they complement just about everything else you'll pull out of the garden. One of the most popular is basil, but sometimes beginners have problems with the different types of blight that can hit basil. Um, there's also problems sometimes with, with overwatering them. Basil doesn't like to have its feet wet. So as long as you manage not to overwater them, then, you know, then basil can be fine. But we also recommend starting with perennials that will come back each year. You know, oregano, sage, mint, those things will come back each year. Thyme also comes back in most uh, areas. And so the, those are kind of fun too, because it's, you, you plant them once and you don't have to do anything with them for a few years until they start to get woody, you know, and then you pull them and you replace them. 
Dill is also very easy to grow. Uh, it is also very prolific. It will reseed itself too. So if you let it grow and you harvest what you want off of it and then let the remainder go to seed, it'll drop those seeds and it'll regrow again in the next season. So that is pretty cool. If you, if you really want to try basil and it's your first time growing it in a container, may give you a little bit more control over its conditions. But again, just be aware of not overwatering it. Number nine on our list was potatoes, and you really can't go wrong with spuds. So long as you build the soil up over the plant as the plant grows, you will have yourself a nice crop from just a few starter potatoes. You can use straw, you can use soil, you can do them in buckets or containers, which is super easy. You don't have to even worry about digging them later on. You just continue to pile, add a little bit more soil inside the bucket and then once at the end of the season you just dump the bucket and there you've got your potatoes and one pound of seed potatoes can grow like 10 pounds of new potatoes so it's a pretty high yielding plant and and really very forgiving as far as its care is concerned so great starter plant and then we mentioned peppers as our final easy one and and this is another one that sort of comes with a caveat it is easy to grow. The plants will grow, but you just have to make sure that your nutrients are correct. So, you know, starting with strong plants, keeping them evenly watered and making sure the nutrients are right is the key to growing decent sized bell peppers. Regardless of the conditions, you're going to get peppers. They just may not be the size that you would expect. You could also go for banana peppers or hot peppers. Those grow pretty prolifically and will also generally take a bit more abuse if you want to try peppers, but maybe you're not ready to do bell peppers. And again, each one of these things and uh, tons of others, we will deep dive into in later episodes about how to grow them and what different nutrient requirements they need, when to start them, when to plant them, depending on your growing zone. We'll cover all of those things in later episodes. This is just a good guideline for the varieties of vegetables that we think are probably the easiest ones to start with in your new garden. So as you plant your garden, think about whether you want to have extra produce to save for use during the winter months. What do you cook in the winter? If it's mostly soups and stews, then grow extra potatoes or extra peppers if that's what you want. If you eat a lot of pasta like we do, canning your own stewed tomatoes is pretty easy and it tastes so much better than store-bought. And if you're not into canning, much of the garden goodness you grow can be frozen instead. In either case, you'll cut costs over store-bought. I mean, have you priced organically grown peppers lately? <laughs> and you'll know exactly how it was grown and preserved. Let's say you figured out what it is that you want to grow. Let's say we're talking about spinach, tomatoes, peppers, green beans, those types of things, right? And maybe you have a family of four, two adults, two children, maybe young kids. So those two might eat the equivalent of one adult. So now you have to figure out how much you want to grow in the first year, right? Which will help determine the number of seeds or plants to buy and the size that you will need for your garden. There are plenty of online charts and resources out there that can help you determine how much a typical person uses of each type of veggie each year. So I, I always recommend when you go to do a search, start with your local university extension service for help. They will know what works best in your area. 
In our case, the Missouri University Extension has a fantastic publication that not only tells you approximately how much to plant per person, but it also includes when to plant and how far apart in the row and how far apart those rows should be from each other and all kinds of great information. It's a really good resource, uh, resource to get you started in our area, but you should be able to find something very similar uh, with your extension service for your area. And the good thing about ours also is it lists some tried and true varieties for gardening in our region. And if you can find that, that will help your success in the beginning as well, at least until you're used to growing a little bit. So if we look at the MU publication, it tells us, for example, for spinach, that for each person per year, you're going to want to plant about five to 10 feet for fresh use. And it'll take one ounce of seed for 100 feet of row. You'll want them to be, those rows to be 18 inches apart, and you want three inches between the plants in each row. So if you want enough spinach for you and your spouse and those two younger kids, then we have to kind of do the calculation. Alrighty, five to 10 feet per person times like the equivalent of three adults is 15 to 30 feet, right? And then if an ounce of seed is enough to plant 100 feet, then you'll need approximately a third of an ounce for 30 feet. So based on the minimum row and plant spacing, you could cultivate, say, two 15-foot beds 18 inches apart, and that would get you a total of 30 feet for your three people. Now, mind you, the publication says this is for one person for one year. So you may decide to plant half the seed in the spring and half in the fall, or if you really like spinach, you may plant the full amount in both the spring and the fall and freeze the rest of it for use later on. And this is where gardening becomes subjective. Again, don't get overly ambitious in the beginning. Start small. If this is your first year gardening, do the calculations first and decide if you can handle having a garden that size. I encourage you to think about these things. What are the veggies my family eats the most? Which ones are easiest to grow if you're a first-timer or what ones grow best in your area if you're experienced? Find a publication from your local extension that details the amount of seed that you'll need for the veggies that you choose to grow or use the link in the show notes to find the Missouri University one that I talked about and that'll be a good place to start. Then put all that together with the suggested spacing to grow all that goodness to determine how much growing space you'll need for your list of veggies. And there's the rub. <laughs> Do you have enough space for that dream garden? And if not, how can you fix that? So next week on Garden Talk Tuesday, we'll talk a little bit about traditional garden spaces and alternative garden spaces to help you get the most out of your garden. And this Friday will be our first Focal Point Friday episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you will tune in next time. And until then, dream big and get growing. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I hope that listening to these episodes is really helping you understand more about how to grow and preserve your own food and growing an awareness of food issues around the world. 
No matter where you live or what you have, you can absolutely grow something.